Welcome to the CBIA BizCast powered by Google. On this podcast, we dive into stories about Connecticut businesses. Downs Construction actually came to my school. And business leaders. I think it's always also really important to be able to see a path forward. We're shaping the future of Connecticut's economy. Thanks for joining us for the CBIA BizCast. I'm Paul Amarone, CBIA's Advocacy Outreach Manager. We are happy to be joined this week by Dr. Ellen Solek, Executive Director of the Connecticut Technical Education and Career System, or CTEX. And also, we're joined today by Brent McCartney, an educational consultant with CTEX. Ellen and Brent, welcome to CBIA BizCast. How are you today? We are both well, Paul. Thank you so much for having us today. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for being here. I think first off for our viewers and listeners, we're just going to get started with a background of CTEX and what your mission is. Great. So we are a thriving uh, technical high school system of approximately 11,000 daytime students and 5,000 adult evening students. We are comprised of 20 school sites, two aerotech sites and 18 uh, trade school sites. Uh, we have almost 2,000 employees working very hard to make us the premier workforce provider in the state of Connecticut with very talented staff such as Brent and others at the helm really guiding us in the direction of what the current business and industry needs are and what our student needs are and bringing those two aspects together to make sure that we can provide the best possible uh, opportunities for students in the trades in Connecticut. So we're very excited to have the chance to tell you a little bit more in detail how we do that and, and what our, our true outcomes are to date and where we're headed um, in conjunction with CBIA and also with business and industry partners as a part of that whole picture. So again, thank you for the opportunity today to let us uh, tell our story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that takes us right into kind of our, our next topic. Um, CBIA and across the state, we've seen a shift to a lot of work-based learning in recent years. Um, can you kind of just take us through some of the trends you're seeing within the system? Sure. So our work-based learning uh, program is seen a big uptick. So if industry has been coming around in a big way to access our students in ways that have never happened before. So currently in our system, we have about 850 students participating in WBO. And so for your listeners who don't know what that is, um, WBL is where students get to go to work instead of coming to school during their training cycle. So they're um, still getting credit with us. They're getting high school credit, but they're also getting a paycheck in their fields. So like I said, we have about 850 students currently participating in that, 261 of which are uh, pre-apprentices. So not only are they getting a paycheck, high school credit, but they're also receiving apprenticeship credit in their license trade. Excellent. And with that being said, have you guys seen an uptick in interest from students? Um, and if so, is there a wait list? We've absolutely seen an uptick in students. In fact, we've also seen a significant uptick in our business partnerships um, in their interest in accessing our students even before they leave CTEX. And Brent can speak in more specific terms around that, but particularly in the construction trade where we've discovered ways to provide a work scenario for our students as uh, when they're still in, in our trade school setting by the age of 16. 
Yeah, so this year alone, we've had some some big things um, happen. So uh, the Department of Transportation, for instance, has created a high school uh, job class. So we have 10 students currently working for the Department of Transportation in various locations while they're still in high school. Um, we've had UConn has come to the table and hired 11 students. Um, and this morning, I was down at the Carberry Training Center in Yalesville where uh, Abitech students were doing a training session and WTNH interviewed some students because they made a big shift in their um, recruiting efforts. So it used to be at the 18 with the high school diploma to enter a union. The coverage union has reduced that to 17, removed the high school diploma, and we went from no students to 24 students now currently uh, in the union. So yeah, a lot of big changes. I think that that is changing the narrative. Like, Students now know that trades are a viable option. So it's, it's great that industry is coming to the table. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a perfect segue into um, what might you say to a parent who might be hesitant about their child getting into the trades? I think there's, you know, that push for children to go, students to go to college, which is great. Um, but what might you say to a parent who might have some concerns for you? So there are a couple of major changes that have taken place um, in the trade-based environment over the last, I would say, five years. And certainly, primarily, it, it, the changes that can place because it's need-driven, right? We, it, when we all talk about it, but try calling a plumber or electrician and see how long it takes before your need is serviced. And the reason for that is, for some strange reason, we neglected to provide the market Right, with a workforce that was really going to meet the adequately meet the needs of consumers in Connecticut. That's exactly what we do at CTEX. So we went from uh, being very much tucked in underneath the academic performance standards of, of high schools across Connecticut. Not that that's a bad thing because we offer academic programming, but the trades kind of came in second. Now, total shift. And people, including our parent um, and community populations, are recognizing the need for skilled tradesmen and women out there so that when I do pick up the phone and I need a plumber, I'm not waiting two weeks. Um, but in addition to that, I think the second big change that's taken place is we now recognize that there are lots of different kinds of learners, right? And all of us have been given natural gifts. The students that are attractive to CTEX are students who know innately that they really enjoy working with their hands. They enjoy that kinesthetic, active approach to learning. And um, in fact, I watched early on when I first got to CTEX, I watched Brent um, present a lesson to students about how to make sure that you are accurately measuring. I think it was a, the corner of a, a foundation site. And just watching him showing them how they had to move to make sure that they got the accurate measurement just drilled home for me that, wow, this is a whole different approach to active hands-on learning that many, many students have it really didn't realize was available. And now we have, talk about a waiting list. Paul, we have a waiting list of thousands of students who want to come in to our program. I would say even five, 10 years ago, there was probably the opposite scenario. So we've seen some huge swings and we couldn't be more excited because we're really tapping into that market and we're tapping into the ability of, of business and industry partnerships with us to afford students that work-based learning opportunity that, that 
Brent is talking about. Um, and so, yes, we're seeing huge growth. It's actually explosive growth. That's that's great to, to hear. Um, explosive growth in in a C-Tech system is great for the future of our workforce. You know, we always talk about it at CBIA. You know, our students are the next generation um, that are going to step in and fill jobs across every business sector there is. Um, we're obviously coming up very closely to the legislative session in 2024. It's a short session. Um, there's going to be a lot going on. What would you guys at CTEX like to see happen um, in the General Assembly that can help your growth and ultimately help students get into the workforce? Sure. I, um, I, I can speak from experience knowing now that there are some real hurdles getting our students from the classroom into the right into the workforce. And I think some of those hurdles entail um, certifications that are required by our instructors. Um, those certifications are important, but I think we need to explore ways that we can expedite that whole certification process. And Brent is an integral part of that now. We've made some strides, but legislatively, we're going to ask for additional support definitely in that in that zone because we traditionally have waited three, six, nine months for instructors who are already practitioners to come to us and actually become instructors in classrooms. So that's probably one seemingly minor hurdle, but actually it turned out to be major. Um, I know that Brent's doing some significant work. He was just actually by appointed the, by the governor to participate in a work-based learning task force to expedite and, and expand that whole opportunity for students. So I, I don't want to jump in on that because he's, uh, he's our expert in that area. Yeah, so I was appointed to the State Apprenticeship Council where they uh, you know, like I said, 261 of our students are currently uh, apprentices in state gaining hours. So, so a lot of that helps. And 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 I think too, looking into the, the the ability to help students with transportation, that's probably one of our biggest hurdles with WBL. And and assistance with that, whether it be assistance in getting the license or assistance in programs to get them to job sites, because we have the workforce. And, and like I said, currently we have 850 students out there, but but there's more that want to go out and there's some inhibitors there. So so that would be um, very beneficial to have some help. Yeah, absolutely. And CBIA will be releasing our policy solutions agenda for the upcoming legislative session. And one of the major points on there is uh, creating a task force to study the feasibility of um, establishing a uh bachelor's degree equivalent for second act teachers who want to teach in the trades, which is exactly what you were just referring to. Um, it's taking a lot of time for them to get certified. Um, I know that there's a lot of appetite in the state legislature um, from not just a trades perspective, but also from um, an academia perspective that we would like to see something happen with this to get more instructors, to get those wait lists cut down and to get students into the system. That way they can more easily get into the workforce. So we certainly will be partners with you guys on that. And we look forward to continuing that dialogue. So you have both been with CTEX for a little bit. Tell us how you got your start. How did you get integrated into the system? Sure. So I started when I was 14. Uh, I attended Cheney Tech um, and I was a carpentry student there. And I'll tell you, it set me on a path. Um, I, I later was a residential carpenter and then got into the union. And about when I was 
25, 26, I was feeling like I could do something else, something more. And at that time, I had already had a couple of apprentices and I really enjoyed working with those apprentices and, and kind of seeing their successes. And a position happened to open up at Goodwin uh, in New Britain for carpentry. And I was like, what the heck, though? I'll try. And I did got it. And, uh, and I'll say it, it changed my life. Working with um, my students and showing them these skills and seeing their passion really helped reinvigorate me, right? It really helped me um, kind of find my calling. And then I've been there ever since. So I started in 2010 and uh, I taught there for a number of years and I've been in our central office for now almost six years. And I got to say, I, I love it. it it's it's very uh, you know refreshing to see what we can offer students. I know a lot of this interview, we talked about industry and employers and those are our outcomes. And that's, that's where we're trying to get it, but it's really all about the kids and getting them there. Absolutely. And any lessons that you've learned along the way and your path to, to CTEX? Oh, absolutely. Um, I was uh, an educator for a number of years in Connecticut, uh, was a, uh, both a school leader and a district leader. And it kind of hit a point in my career where I thought, okay, maybe I'm ready to do something different. And lo and behold, got a call from uh, the State Department of Education looking for a very temporary interim superintendent for the state's technical high school system. And I said, sure, I'll, I'll sign up and do that for a couple of weeks, which became a couple of months, which, as I just mentioned, has become three years in the making. And I'm so honored to be a part of a, an amazing organization. And um, if there was anything profoundly life-changing for me, or, or certainly, as, as Brent just so well put it, um, it serves as a calling for me. It's what we talked about earlier, Paul, which is academia is a wonderful and crucially important um, learning opportunity for students, but so are the trades. And I think for so long, we were almost afraid to utter the words. And now the shift has taken place and my days are filled with going out into the state of Connecticut's uh, workforce to talk about business and industry partnerships, legislative support, expanding our resources, expanding our physical facilities, and it just doesn't get any better than that. Um, so talk about life-changing. It's really just put an exclamation point on not only the teaching and learning piece, but how does that translate into real-world experiences and success for our students and for our instructors and and everyone that is comprised of CTEX. And to be a part of that is just absolutely amazing. Excellent. That, that's great to hear. And I know we've spent some time on talking about kind of the high school age students, but I know you guys have some adult education programs too. So can you kind of talk about that platform as well? We do. We have a very solid adult education program. It's, it's actually run by uh, a, a gentleman um, who also serves in a consultant role um, in overseas electrical and other trades. Um, uh, Pat Charliglio does a wonderful job. And all of our adult learners come in anytime after 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And they're often in those buildings until 6, 7, 8 o'clock at night. Um, working on the machinery, working in different trade areas, and making sure that they're getting the certifications and the uh, all the learning levels that they need to go out and um, 
jump into the workforce. So it's a thriving program. It's grown every year. I've been there. I've been at CTEX now for three years. And each year it's grown exponentially. So we have quite a market share in terms of the adult learning population um, wanting to enter the trades, whether because they didn't finish high school or some of them did, but then went on to an academic background and discovered, gee, I'd really like to jump back into the trade um, area that I left. So there's quite a market for it. Yeah, so much of what's taught at night are apprenticeship courses um, for licensed trades. So each licensed trade will have related instruction and will have on-the-job experience. So on-the-job experience is happening um, for those adults outside of us, but that related instruction happening at seven of our schools um, every day during the week. Um, and there, I would say a majority of the state's apprentices come from some guys at some point. Excellent. That's great to hear. Sounds like there's a lot of growth in both high schools and adult education. And, um, we, we definitely need that. And, you know, our, our workforce is, uh, is yearning for young skilled talent and you guys are certainly playing a big role in that. So we're happy to help and support where we can. Um, I, I guess I would like to just kind of hear more about how, we can connect the workforce with our employers. So you guys have a lot of students in your system. Can employers reach out to you? Can CEOs of whether it's a manufacturing company or a home builders company, can they reach out to you guys and get access to your students? And how might that work? So uh, let me open that door. And I know um, Brent's got some some additional information too for um, business and industry employers. We got feedback from many, many of our um, business and industry partners saying just what you said, Paul, which is it's really difficult to know how and who to contact at CTAX, right, for that direct mainline access to your students. And where do we go with that? And so we kind of put our heads together and decided that we needed that contact point, but we need more than that. We also need a place that affords students the opportunities to come in and learn more about how do I apply for a job? Who do I apply to? Um, wh what kind of interview skills do I need, right, to access a job? All of those pieces, including the contact point. So we've formulated, or we are still formulating, actually, a career center at CTEX. And it's currently run by Carrie Markey, who is also our communications director. She's doing a fabulous job building up the, the whole center from the ground up, from a, a database of students and employers to, as I said, affording opportunities for students to come in and learn more about how do I access that, that job? What kind of skills do I need? And for our employers to know exactly who to contact um, and how to do that. And I know uh, Brent's been talking, too, with Carrie about um, detailing ways that that communication can happen pretty efficiently. Sure. So so industry is vital to everything that we do in, in, in many ways in what we teach. So we have program advisory committees where industry will come in and kind of evaluate our current curriculum and talk about new trends that are coming up. And then we adapt. But also on the other end, where we need students to be employed, and then everything in between, whether it be industry certifications, um, guest speaking, field trips, right? Because we have to show students what these are. So it's vital that we have this connection, but it's very difficult when the teachers have to do it because the teachers have 18 students in front of them every single day. So it's very hard to kind of dismiss themselves from that teaching role to have that conversation. So um, 
as Dr. Schulich said, the Career Center will have two parts, a physical location in Middletown, but also um, an online platform, which will be a game changer for CTEVIS. So in this, in this platform, employers would be able to sign up, have a profile, identify schools they want to work with, and trade to like to work with. Then on the flip side, so will students and staff. So they would say, I'm at Keener or Carpentry or, or whatever. And if the trade instructor has an event, like the program advisory committee or something going on, they can message people that they may have never met before. But just by indicating the school of a trade, they're going to hit employers um, wide range. Well, so can employers. So ultimately, we want employment, but there's a lot of stuff, like I said, in between. Employers want to come in and they want to work with students. They want to expose them to what they do. So like we just had a field trip out to the Trojers Hospital in Hartford uh, earlier this week, and DPR Construction showed our students around. And the, the carpentry that they're doing there is completely different than the carpentry we do uh, in our classrooms, right? So it's strictly residential on our end, and now the students are being exposed to commercial. So all of these things are, are really important. So through this system, those connections will happen without having to contact a human, right? You can just kind of put it in there and it will be seamless. So it's really going to be a game changer. It's also going to help us with our alumni. So sometimes um, there's more employment opportunities than, than a particular location would have. Um, so, so our alumni will also be a part of this situation of this, uh, database and be able to, um, reach out to those employers for those important opportunities to cost them. Excellent. And speaking of your alumni, uh, overall, is your alumni pretty helpful with kind of mentoring the students who are go going through the same system that, that they've been through and helpful with future employment opportunities? Sure. I mean, you're talking to one right now. I am a, I am a product of our system and, and many of our educators are a product of our system. And many of our employers who come back and, and give back are products of our system. So, yeah, our, our alumni is very strong in helping us salute our students. If an employer wanted to reach out to you guys today or tomorrow about potential students to get them into the workforce pipeline, how would they do that? So it's a link, and hopefully we can put it in the, uh, the bio here, but it's uh, ctech.org uh, backslash get involved. And this is our employer page. So there's a lot of information here. A lot of what we've been talking about uh, with WBL and, and how to get involved will be there. There's also a sign-up sheet there for the Career Center. So we're hoping for a launch in March. Um, but people can kind of jump the gun, get their email on there now. So they'll get a notification when that Career Center does launch. And you can also see more about our programs in there. So today I feel like we were heavy on construction. I'm the construction consultant, if that was why. But we do have 31 trade programs. Um, we have everything from the technology fields, IT, mechatronics, to manufacturing, uh, automotive, healthcare, hairdressing, culinary. I mean, we have a plethora of um, trades. Each one of our schools is slightly different. So we're in Harvard right now, Prince Steps right down the street. They have 15 trades. We have some schools that have nine trades and everywhere in between. And those trades are strategically picked for the community that that school serves. So we make sure that, you know, we are aligned to industry. So each one of our schools has a unique trade profile to make sure that we're meeting those, those needs. Can you talk to us a little bit about community involvement and community engagement outside of the CTEC system, bringing in whether they're employers, other education systems, other partners. Want to touch on that a little bit? Sure. Uh, Paul, that directly relates actually to a lot of the work that fundamentally we do in the Career Center launch, as well as recognizing that the communities like the one I live in, which happens to be in Bristol, Connecticut, has over 100 thriving 
trade shops as a part of its community. Um, and a shame on us if we don't recognize that, right, and bring them in to what we're all talking about, which is formulating those partnerships and support services for business and industry. Um, and, and most important, looking at in manufacturing, construction, uh, plumbing and heating and HVAC, auto body. Those are all traditionally smaller shops, particularly in Bristol. And so how do we incorporate them as a part of what we're doing and a part of what we're seeing? At CTEX, we do invite business and industry partners and small business owners in at least twice a year to meet with uh, our administrators, our consultants, to talk about what their needs are, what it is that we can do better to support them going forward, what are their needs in terms of um, student recruitment. We also do a significant amount, I'm gonna turn to Brent on this one, um, we do all kinds of recruitment activities with business and industry throughout the year that are community-based. Yeah, the community actually helps us enhance our programs. So. If we had to budget for everything that we need to teach, we wouldn't be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So we have something called the student workforce, and this is where we provide services in each one of the trades. So you can come in and get your hair done. Some schools have hairdressing. You come in and have lunch at schools, have your uh, vehicle work done. We have a full construction um, profile. So we're building outdoor out there, building houses, we're building additions, doing service swap outs. So, so the community is getting a need, you know, met at a reduced cost, but so are we. So we're giving our students real world experience. And, and it's really one of the things that makes us unique in the technical high school world um, that, that we have this ongoing business. So the, the students are a part of looking at the job initially, contracting it, whether it be uh, documenting what's wrong with the car and the VIN number and, and all of that, or looking at a job, measuring it and drawing it. They're a part of that whole process. And then they're often part of completing the project as, as they go. So it's it's great experience. It gives them that real world experience. Um, we always like to end these episodes with some sort of reflection. So are there any success stories that are kind of close to each of your hearts that you might be able to touch on a little bit, whether it's a student, whether it's something that you've experienced, um, you know, throughout your time at CTEX? Sure, I'll jump in. Um, you know, I think uh, there are so many success stories for us so far, Paul. I can't, it's hard for me to identify one, but I can personalize it a bit by saying that um, I came from a very academic background over the last 30 years. I've had the privilege to lead um, several LEAs throughout the state of Connecticut. And in doing that, little did I know if someone had approached me three years ago and said, hey, you're going to be at CTEX before you know it, I would have said, what's a CTEX? You know, literally talk about learning from the ground up. And, and what I have uh, been introduced to and who I've been introduced to since then has been nothing less than incredible. Um, and what I mean by that is you were mentioning alumni. We at CTEX are actually one huge Connecticut family. When you look at the number of graduates that are out there either working in the trades or at least those who have had an incredibly positive experience at CTEX every day, I hear, oh yeah, I was a graduate of Goodwin. Oh, I'm a graduate of, of whomever um, at Platac. We have, we have, as I said, 18 school sites around the state. And so there's this tie that binds 
with students who have gone through all of these wonderful programs. And um, one of our hopes now, actually, through the Career Center is to really bring them back together in some unique ways. But that's just one part of it. Um, we're partnering with the Department of Labor in terms of training our students and helping them to get employed and join the workforce. We're talking about joining forces with um, CT State and expanding the healthcare industry so that our students can go on and, and gain an LPN or an RN um, degree or certificate so they can go out and work in, in a hospital and doctor's office settings. So, so much is happening right now. It is just being immersed in this wonderfully positive, growth-filled environment. And we're just encountering success at every turn. So um, that's probably more information than you were looking no, to, but it that. really yeah. is truly the environment right now at CTEX. And uh, we're just going to keep keep on expanding and growing and meeting our mission, which is really is to be that premier workforce provider for the state of Connecticut. Excellent. You guys are certainly doing great work. And um, as you have mentioned, it's on, on the rise for sure. Um, talk about Connecticut a little bit, the environment in Connecticut, why, you know, why you guys love Connecticut and the work you do here. And, um, you know, has Connecticut been helpful? And do you see, it seems like it, you see kind of a lot more support and a lot more people talking about the things that you guys have talked about. Sure, sure. So I'll actually link that with the, with the previous question. So, so some of these successes are because of Connecticut. Uh, you know, the industries here want to stay in Connecticut and, and they understand that targeting our students are going to help them do that. Right. And them coming out in big ways is helpful for us because we can train kids all day long and we can give them all the skills. But if we don't have avenues for them, then what are we, what are we doing? And then they're going to go out of it. There's there's areas for them for many of our trades all over the nation. So it's it's great. It's great to have these partnerships so that we can kind of keep these kids here. Absolutely. Is there any, anything else you guys wanted to touch on today that maybe we left out or, or you wanted to expand upon? I think as we pro progress, and as you mentioned um, so often, Paul, there's wonderful partnerships come out of nowhere unexpectedly. And we look forward to that opportunity working with CBEIA. And um, we hope you'll have us back. For chapter two. Absolutely. We would love okay. to. Thank you, Alan and Brent, for coming on today. We appreciate you coming on. And thank you all to our listeners and viewers for viewing another episode of CBIA's BizCast. Remember, you can listen, like, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a review and let us know if you have ideas for a future podcast. And for a full list of episodes, head over to CBIA.com.